This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wednesday night service. It's going to be an awesome time together tonight with some praise and worship. And we're going to study some major end time events like the Battle of Armageddon, the Millennial Reign, and and all sorts of stuff. So anyway, hang on to your seats. We're coming at you. It's going to be an action-packed, awesome, anointed evening. You tuned into the right place. And invite somebody else, man. Don't, Don't hog it all to yourself. Invite somebody to join us tonight and learn and study the Word of God. Tag some friends, text them, call them, whatever you got to do. But let's get into this, man. Let's get together for some praise and worship. Go ahead and stand up and let's do this. Welcome to church, everyone. We're going to worship the Lord together. Jose is going to play with us tonight and help us worship. So let's just all uh, worship the Lord together.
begin without it. Without it, there's no meaning. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and get into the word of God tonight. And we are on part seven of our End Times 2020 series. We started all of this right after the, the quarantine and the whole epidemic began. And it's been incredible to see uh, the, the, the spiritual renewal that so many people have had during this season. Because sometimes it takes a massive wake-up call to get some people's attention. And I know that God has been working extra hard to get people's attention right now. People have questions and praise God. We've got answers. And so tonight we are in part seven. We've covered a lot of ground over these past few weeks, usually in 20 to 30 minute messages. And tonight's going to be no different. We're going to tackle three big uh, end times events. The Battle of Armageddon. We're going to look at the millennial reign of Christ. And then finally, the final battle of it all. And the, and some call it the Battle of Gog and Magog. But it's the final battle to end everything. And it's going to be just a, an epic event. So let's pray. Let's get into this. As always, pay close attention. Take notes as quick as you can. And I believe you're going to learn a lot in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this service, this message to you tonight. And I pray that as we study your word, God, you'll speak to us. We're going to get answers. We're going to see things we need to see. And we're going to uh, have a, just a hope and, and, the, and faith absolutely rise up within us so we can help be the light of the world that you've called us to be. I thank you that we're listening and we're learning tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we get into this tonight, uh, this is where it starts to get to some of the stuff that sounds like a sci-fi movie or something, but it's not. This is real. This isn't far-fetched. This isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't a movie. This is the word of God. And so the first thing we're talking about tonight, number one, is Armageddon. And that word alone, I mean, I don't know what picture comes to mind when you hear the word Armageddon. Maybe it's the movie from back in the day. Maybe it's some apocalyptic, you know, zombie thing. Whatever comes to your mind, we're going to show you what the Bible says about it tonight, okay? Because this is a Bible word. This is not something that Hollywood made up. And to kind of catch us up, here by the end of the seven year tribulation period the world will be in the worst shape that it's ever been in seven years of destruction seven years of horror and chaos and at this point most of the people that became christians during the tribulation if they were able to Hold on to their faith, not give in to receiving the mark of the beast, not not give in to the Antichrist. And, and they and somehow they didn't get murdered for their faith. They didn't become martyrs. They will still be alive on the earth at this time. And who knows what that number will be? But I don't think it's going to be a massive number of people. But there will be some people that make it all the way through to the end and don't cave. Or don't get caught and get martyred. And uh, the majority of the world, though, at this point, the massive majority will be under the leadership and rule of the Antichrist. Because he's going to seem to form a one world alliance. 
And uh, people at this point, they're, they're going to see his evil and his bad side, no doubt about it. They're going to see what a monster he is, but it's too late. And so he will be leading basically the entire world for the most part. And uh, remember, nobody's allowed to buy or sell anything without his mark on their hand or their forehead. We don't know exactly what that is. Probably a microchip, maybe something else. But we know it's going to be a bad shape. So let's look at Revelation 16 and verse 16. Revelation 16 and verse 16. And uh, this is this is where we see this word Armageddon. Revelation 16 and verse 16. And here's what it says. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. And so what that's telling us is at this point, all the rulers or, or those that are have some authority in their nation outside of the Antichrist, but they've all received him and, and, and joined up with them. They're going to have an allied army that's going to join forces and they're going to actually fight a battle against Jesus himself. This is not sci-fi. This is not some crazy conspiracy thing. This is what it tells us is going to happen. The location of this battle is in Israel in an area called Megiddo. Now, uh, this area is mentioned all throughout the Old Testament. It's where Gideon defeated the Midianites back in the book of Judges. It's uh, where King Saul died in battle and it's there's lots of old testament things that happened in uh, in this area and this is going to be a huge huge epic battle and i can tell you this much jesus is going to win this battle and he's going to win it really really quick uh, Jesus is going to appear on earth for this battle. This is a noteworthy thing. This is what we, uh, what eschatologists generally refer to as the actual second coming of Christ. A lot of us, we hear the second coming and we think of the rapture. Well, technically, Jesus doesn't step foot on the earth during the rapture. So technically, this battle of Armageddon is what we call the second coming of Christ because Jesus is coming all the way down here on earth will be on planet earth physically and is going to fight a battle against the antichrist and his allied forces his army whatever uh, whatever you want to call that so revelation 19 let's flip over there and let's let's see how this battle goes because it does not end well for uh, the antichrist and his army so revelation 19 we're going to look at verses 11 through 21 John, the Apostle John wrote, Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. Man, I, that sounds like somebody I know. For he judges fairly and rages a righteous war. So the rider of this white horse is Jesus Christ, the King of all kings. He's coming down to fight, man. And so verse 12, it says, His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. We talked about that last week. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. 
He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. This sounds like John chapter one, verse one. Jesus is the word. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. And so we read about the the heavenly host, the angel armies of heaven. And, I, you know, some people interpret this as meaning, hey, this could be some of the saints in this army with him. And I'm like, hey, Jesus, I'll sign up for your army. I'll be in that. But verse 15, here it goes. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press on his robe at his thigh was written this title. King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals and strong warriors of horses and their riders and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. Man, that doesn't that doesn't sound good at all. Verse 19. Then I saw the beast. That's the Antichrist. Here he is. He shows up for the battle. And the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. They went straight in to hell, to the lake of fire. Verse 21, their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse and the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. Now, I mean, that sounds vile. That sounds pretty, uh, Ominous, right? That's, that just does not sound good at all. But listen, it says right here. And what I love about this, how did Jesus win this war? How did he defeat this army? It says he spoke a sword came out of his mouth and he spoke the word of God. The word spoke the word. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, we are a proud word of faith church. I don't I don't back down from that at all. I live by this. The word of faith message, it, it raised me through the through the power of Jesus off of the, uh, the bed of cancer, leukemia, man. It healed me of leukemia and the hospital. It, it healed my dad of stage four cancer. You cannot tell me, man, that speaking the word of God out of our mouths is not powerful. Get this. God created it all in the book of Genesis by speaking. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God created the whole world with the words of his mouth. That's how it all started. And Jesus ends it all with speaking the word out of his mouth. And when he does that sword of the spirit, according to Ephesians six, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, comes out of his mouth, man, and instantly gets the biggest victory, man, because 
the word is powerful. And this is the, I mean, this is the battle of Armageddon, but I'm telling you right now, we have power through the word of God when we speak it out of our mouths every day. It's the sword of the spirit. That's exciting stuff right there, brother. Jesus is going to win this thing with the word of God, come on somebody. That's exciting. All right. And so that's the battle of Armageddon. And that begins what is called the millennial reign. So number two. And again, we could we could take each of these uh, these end times events here and take weeks to study each one. But for the sake of time, man, we're just we're getting the highlights and letting you know what's up. Number two, the millennial reign. So after the battle of Armageddon, after Jesus comes in and lays the smack down on the Antichrist and absolutely blows this guy out of the waters, he throws him into hell. He's locked up and his whole armies are gone. It starts what's called the millennial reign. Now, a thousand years is a millennium. So the millennial reign is going to be a 1000 year period. I believe that that's a literal thousand years. Some people think that that's figurative or it could mean this. I think it means a thousand years. So this is going to be a time of perfect peace on earth. That the, the devil's gone, the antichrist, the beast, they're all gone. Satan has been locked up and can't get out. There will be no evil, no sickness, no disease, no, the, the, I mean, crime. And we know that Jesus himself is going to be ruling over earth. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be the, the actual ruler of earth. And any, any wrong that does happen will be judged quickly and swiftly but this is going to be a beautiful time in fact uh, i think it's the book of isaiah talks about this time he prophesied about it how even the even the animal world even the animal kingdom is going to be at peace it talks about you know a, a cobra isn't going to strike anybody uh, bears aren't going to kill people it, it's going to be a time of peace for a thousand years revelation 20 1 through 5 and there's a lot of scripture on on this this particular uh, millennium era, but we're just going to look at something here in Revelation 20 verses one through five. It says, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. Oh, man, picture this. An angel coming down. He's got the key to the pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He's man. He's ready. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while, which I'll explain in a minute. Then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. And I believe these are people who missed the rapture, but became Christians during the tribulation. They had been beheaded during this, during the tribulation. But listen, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again. And they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And 
this is again going to be a, a, a time of peace, a time of like you've never seen the world before. The world just ended the seven year tribulation, which was all hell on earth. And then we enter into this heaven on earth where Jesus establishes his throne and his his rulership of peace right there out of the new Jerusalem, out of Jerusalem. And it's going to be uh, just a wonderful time. We'll be here. We got these glorified bodies that we're living in now. And uh, it's going to be, again, just uh, like nothing that we've ever seen in this world before. Peace, joy, love on everybody. And during, you know, what? what's the reason? I mean, what's the reason for this thousand year period? Why can't God just do it, you know, just end it all right there? Well, for one, there are several promises that God has made, especially to the nation of Israel that couldn't take place on planet Earth with a human in power. And during this thousand year period, God's going to fulfill all of his promises because all of his promises are yes and amen, not only to Israel, but to the rest of us. And so, again, this will basically be a time of heaven on earth and Jesus himself will be the ruler. And it's going to be absolutely incredible. And you could study this out more. You, you know, you could you could study this out more. And I encourage you to do that. But it's going to be awesome. And there are different groups uh, that call themselves Christians that really are deceived on the millennium reign. Some people and groups uh, think that we're already in that right now and i'm telling you this is not heaven on earth what we're going through so this is not the millennium reign that we're in right now so the third thing i'm going to talk about is this is that final battle the final battle of it all after the thousand year period as we just saw satan is going to be released for a short period of time Revelation 27, I'm going to read it again. Revelation 20, verse 7, and this says, When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. This raises a very obvious question. Why would God let him out? Why? He's chained and bound. Why would we let him out when we just locked him up, you know, a, you know, a thousand years ago? Well, there's a, there's a lot of reasons for this, but to me, the, the most obvious reason is this, that during the millennium reign, during that, that thousand year period, there's going to be people born on earth, right? Because those of us that were raptured before it all happened, we've got glorified bodies. We're not going to be having kids. You know, I've, we, we're not going to be having kids. We, we've got plenty of other stuff that, that God's going to have us doing, but, uh, Having kids is not one of them, okay? But there is that group of people that survived all the way through the tribulation. They survived the battle of Armageddon, and they are going to be in the millennium reign with their normal bodies. These people are going to have kids, and these kids are going to grow up during this perfect thousand-year period of peace. And during this time, there is no Satan to tempt them with wrong. There is no Satan to uh, to lead them astray. And you've got to realize this. God is a God of justice. It would not be just for these people that uh, that never had to face temptation, that never had to face any of the struggles, that never had to face the things that we've had to deal with. Because I know a lot of you guys have had to deal with some stuff during your time in this world. And I have, too. 
And it wouldn't be fair for them to just get to go on into heaven, into the to the, the heavenly Jerusalem at the end of all this. And they never had to endure any temptation. They never had to resist the devil like we did. So at the end of the thousand year period, Satan will be released and he will come out and do what he's always done and try to tempt these people. He will try to to lead them astray and they're going to have a brief season. I don't know how long they're going to have a brief period of time where they're going to have to stand up to the devil and resist him, just like you and I have had to do during our time in this world. Because God is a God of justice and he's and it wouldn't be fair if they never had to deal with that. And so during whatever period of time that is, some people sadly will give in and will follow Satan just like they do right now in this life instead of God. I mean, it's nearly mind blowing to think of how they could do that, but it's going to happen. And in the end. Satan will win some of them over and he will form one final army to fight against Jesus. This is the battle for all battles right here. And again, this is not sci-fi. This is scripture. And this is the battle of Gog and Magog. And Gog and Magog are, are generally thought of as two different countries that are going to fight against Jesus at the end of this all. And again, When Jesus shows up, he doesn't play around, man. He wins his battles and he's going to win this one really, really quickly, just like Armageddon. Revelation 20 verses 8 through 10. And uh, again, man, a quick battle because he's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Revelation 20 verse. Well, we'll start here at verse seven. Uh, when the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. Verse eight, he will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle. A mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. So he has got quite an army with him. Again, I mean, I don't know how many people, but it says as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Here it comes. Destruction by fire. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and false prophet. They got thrown in there a thousand years ago. Well, here's Satan thrown down there with them. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Guess what? That is the end of Satan. That is the end of evil. That's the final victory. That's the final battle of it all. And I mean, this is all exciting stuff to me to realize this is all going to happen. We're going to get to witness this stuff. And it, it, and it's, it's exciting to me. None of this stuff scares me. It's exciting. But I want to tell you this much as we kind of close out for the night. It would scare me if I wasn't right with Jesus right now. If I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, 
This would scare me because I don't know what side of this I'm going to be on. Some people read that stuff. And they think, well, that's a cool sci-fi story. That ain't no story, man. That's going to happen. And the word of God has been proven to be true time and time and time again. We've looked at dozens of prophecies and predictions that Jesus and the Bible made, and they've all happened. So if those all happen, I'm telling you, this stuff's going to happen someday. And I'm encouraging you right now. If you are not right in your heart with Jesus, I want to pray with you and I want you to reach out. Don't be ashamed. Jesus said, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my father in heaven. But if you're embarrassed about me, if you deny me in front of men, I'll have to deny you before my father in heaven. You're going to stand before him and he's going to say, wait, I don't know you. Don't let that happen. Let's pray together. Say this with me. Father, in Jesus name. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died. He rose again. I believe he's coming back. Jesus, forgive me for any wrong I've done. Help me to live for you. Give me the strength in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that, brother, sister, reach out and let us know. And if you need prayer for anything else, man, go ahead and throw that in the comments right there on Facebook or YouTube. And either me or, or somebody else, man, there's a great church family here. They will reach out and pray with you. We've got your back. We love you guys. And we're going to see you real, real soon. I can promise you that. All right, guys, let's go ahead and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Thank you guys for your faithfulness and support. You guys are the absolute best, most loyal, faithful people in the world. And remember, you're not only being faithful to your church, which we appreciate, you've been faithful to God. And I know he's been faithful to you, man. Uh, the testimonies we've heard are just amazing how God has gotten provision and resources to you guys throughout the whole uh, COVID-19 deal. And it's because of your faithfulness to him. I promise you that. Let's look at a Bible verse here over our offering tonight. A verse that I just absolutely love. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 and the King James here. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. And it tells us this, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Why? Why? Why remember him? For it is he that gives thee power to get wealth. Don't say wealth. This is the church. Well, guess what? God said wealth. So I'm not afraid to say what God said. He gives his people the power to get wealth. Why? So they can get a new RV, so they can get the biggest house. Well, sure, if they want to. But listen, here's the reason he's getting you to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And so God wants his people blessed. God wants his people to have the resources and the money. Why? Because he can establish his covenant. When Christian people get money, get, get the resources in their hands, what do we do? We help other people out. We don't just keep it all to ourselves. We get the gospel out so the covenant can be established in this earth. That's good news, brother. That's good news, sister, that Jesus wants you blessed and you can take care of your family, but you can also spread the gospel with it. Man, this never gets old. That's good news. All right. So let's say our financial faith confession together. 
As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, man. That's good news. I'm excited. So we're going to close out like we always do with the Barstow Faith Confession, speaking words of faith over this city, this community. And, you know, Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. Right. And so I encourage you guys tomorrow to to be to, to pray for for whatever God lays on your heart. But pray for Barstow. There's a whole list of good things to pray for right here. But we're, one thing that we've been doing is speaking words of faith over the other churches because we love the other churches of Barstow. And I want them blessed. I want them to have the resources that they need. I want them to have the people and the money that they need to get the gospel out because Barstow is an awesome harvest and an awesome mission field for all of our churches. And so we specifically wrote about churches in the Barstow Faith Confession because I want New Life blessed. I want First Baptist blessed. I want Cross. Crossroads blessed. I want total restoration blessed. I want every Jesus preaching church in Barstow to be blessed with everything they need. So let's speak some words of faith and remember tomorrow, the National Day of Prayer. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good, guys. We love you. Get the kids to bed. Get some good sleep tonight. And tomorrow's going to be an awesome day for you. I declare it right now. We love you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.